It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, welcome to the uh, Get Stuck on Sports uh, podcast brought to you by Tri-County Equipment. And it's uh, Dennis Stuckey along with uh, Brady Beaton. And uh, we've got a a great podcast set up for you today because uh, I'm very excited. Big Reds head football coach uh, Ryan Mullins will uh, join us a little later on. Oh, yeah, and he's always very easy to talk to. We talked to him, sat down for about 20 minutes, talked a little bit about, you know, his big opening win, looking forward to Lance Cruz. And just the whole situation, how he's handled it as the head ball coach. No, it was a very good interview with him. Always is. He's, he's like I said, very easy to talk to, very insightful. And he doesn't just give you coach speak either. He'll tell you what he's thinking. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. What else have we got to going on uh, today? Oh, we added a couple of games to this week's football schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, we, we should mention that right off the top. It'll be a quadruple header this week starting Thursday from Clintondale. That's where Marine City will be. Then the doubleheader on Friday. I'll be at Memorial Stadium for Northern's opener. You'll be in Marysville. They've got a big one against Madison Heights Madison. And then Saturday I'll head to Lance Cruz uh, as that's where the Port Huron High Big Reds will be for their second game right. of the season. I'll be down at Clintondale on Thursday night. And make sure if you want to get these updates because the schedule changes a lot. I know with the official shortage they kind of have to move some games to Thursday night, maybe some games Saturday afternoon. So if we get games that are available to do, if some of these teams play on not Friday night, we're going to try to do as many as we can. So make sure you follow our Twitter at G underscore Stuck on Sports and follow us or like us on Facebook, I should say, at Get Stuck on Sports. So we're going to put those, I mean, you'll get all that information firsthand from there if we're doing new games, if there's change of plans for whatever reason. Make sure you follow us there. Uh, And I don't want to brag, but I'm going to brag because I'm really excited about the numbers. So thank you to everybody who was listening in on uh, Friday. Um, I think we had over 2,000 people listen to the two games. Uh, The podcasts have been going great as well. So uh, just keep supporting us uh, and uh, and keep listening. Yeah, no, um, again, this doesn't happen without you guys. Uh, without the support we've gotten, I mean, from all the communities, I know when I was down at Marine City just talking to the people there, they were very excited, very supportive of us. I know in Marysville we've talked to a lot of businesses, really everywhere we've gone. I know Coach Mullins was uh, excited to have us around. So, no, without you guys, it's we're just two loudmouths yelling into a microphone. So, it's really your guys' support is why we can do this. And that's what we're going to do next. Uh, we'll be two loudmouths yelling into a microphone, so you'll want to stick around for that. The Frells family calls their land greener pasture, and they maintain it with ease on their John Deere 1 Series tractor. The Frells family runs with us because this is more than just land. It's home. Nothing runs like a deer. Get a 1 Series tractor for just $99 per month at your John Deere dealer today. For additional cost information, please call toll-free 855-633-2315. Stop in today to one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carrow, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 
Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-87. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. If your windows stick, (laughs) slip, (laughs) squeak, or leak, replace them with Anderson windows with low-E glass, low-maintenance exteriors, and rich wood interiors, standard and custom sizes. They can turn simple window replacement into serious home improvement. Ah. Hi, Chip Mortimer here, inviting you to experience the difference at Mortimer Lumber. Our expert staff will be here to help before, during, and after the sale. Stop by Mortimer Lumber, 24th and Lapeer Avenue in Port Huron. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, and welcome back to the uh, Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports uh, podcast. Uh, Before we get into what we're going to talk about, Brady, uh, I want to congratulate St. Clair Cross Country. Friday they were at Romeo. They took second place in their first ever Mac Red race. Um, And uh, Jack uh, Pennewell finished uh, in uh, first with a time of 15 minutes 39.6 39.6 seconds. Andrew Parr was uh, 10th overall. His time was uh, 16 minutes, 29.4 seconds. Sam Vitale uh, had a finish time of 16 uh, minutes, 57 seconds. First time he's ever broken 17 minutes. Overall, Saints had five of the top 20 finishers. Yeah, they know what they're doing down there with uh, St. Clair cross country, don't they? Oh, they do. They do. They've had some great runners uh, in the uh, past, and they're just – well, you see it too on the football field year in and year out, the speed that they mm. uh, have, uh, and it's – I don't know what's in the water down there, but i got to get me a bottle or two because I'm <laughs> not that fast. <laughs> but but just so you guys know, in general, if there's other events – I mean, again, there's only two of us. We, we do mainly cover football. But if things like this, if we see it or someone sends it into us, we'll talk about it on here. We'll give them the the, the press they deserve because, yeah, St. Clair Cross Country is pretty damn impressive. And absolutely. It's actually really easy to do. Uh, Dennis at GetStuckOnSports.com or Brady at GetStuckOnSports.com is the way you can email that information to us or just put it up on our uh, – tw- tweet us. Yeah, tweet us, put it on our Facebook page or something. Um, we'd love to – cover as much as we can but we had a lot of other big performers in week one and spread out really across the entire uh county yeah if you had to pick from this list uh brady it's a tough uh choice um you had demarco singleton of marysville go for 132 yards and two touchdowns in their season opening win against uh, hazel park that's a big performance from a guy that we think can put up big numbers for the vikings this year yeah, no, he's he's grown a lot. I mean, you look at him from last year to this year, just physically, he's a bigger kid now. So, I mean, yeah, that's a good opening start for him. And the way I saw that game going, I'm sure he wasn't getting a lot of fourth-quarter touches. Yeah, uh, you saw Wyatt Walker play 15 tackles, two sacks 
Uh, he was a defensive standout uh, this uh, past uh, week for Marine City. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then, I mean, I could have named four or five different Mariners that played really well. Like I said, the sophomore qu- quarterback, Jeff Heslop, I thought looked very mature. Anthony Renzel had a nice game. I mean, Charles Tiger, no, he didn't put up huge gaudy numbers, but he still had a very solid game. I think he ended up with like 70 or 80 yards and just the threat of him. Um, defensively, uh, I believe it was Derek Schlotman had a couple big TFLs and then, uh, Darius Watson Jr. also had two touchdowns in that game as well. So a lot of names out there that you could have picked from Marine city. Yeah. Uh, off the board here a little bit. Let's go with a soccer player, uh, Griffin Hansel of uh, Port here in high about nine goals and an assist in his last two games. Come on. Yeah. That's a, uh, that's a pretty solid <laughs> week. For the, uh, the as, big as, red soccer player. As good as everybody else is, uh, I think I'd have to go with him as, as my guy of the week. Because I mean, nine yeah. goals in two games is ridiculous. Yes. And, and the assist on just to put the little cherry on. Yeah, so that means he was involved in ten goals in two games. That's hard to do no matter what you're doing. Um, Vincent uh, Scaramazzino for Croslex only played the second half of the game and on 12 carries he had 127 yards two touchdowns in the pioneer season opening big win yeah that's impressive i mean i believe that game was pretty close around the half and then he came in and then they kind of ran through emily city uh big win opening win for the pioneers who have a lot of hopes this year and they impressed week one and a kid we'll talk about a little more later on in the show when uh ryan mullins uh, is uh, on D.V. Price, quarterback for the Big Reds, played just the first half, didn't play in the second half, rushed for uh, 98 yards and a touchdown, and threw two TD passes. Yeah, that, that's another solid opening performance. I mean, everyone. Again, I'm sure you could list seven, eight, nine different Big Reds that we could have put up uh, on our big performers from week one. I mean, there were, what, seven different kids who scored a touchdown? Out of the eight, yeah, uh, yeah, and we could have probably put the freshman uh, on the uh, list too, Amari uh, Holler, yeah. who played the second half and had 84 yards and two right. touchdowns, and also played a lot on defense. Uh, yeah, the played half. almost the whole first half. Yeah, so there's uh, those are just some of the big performers. I mean, I know we're missing some. I, uh, I mean, I, I don't. Unfortunately, I can't think of the kid's name, but I mean, Armada's kicker. Yeah, you, you make a game-winning field goal against to beat a rival that you haven't beaten a decade. I mean, that alone is high-pressure yeah, situation. Five seconds left in the uh, game, and you're down two, and your kick well, wins it yeah. for what was easily the biggest upset of week one in our area. Um, yeah, that's that's one that uh, is worth an honorable mention for sure. Yeah, so, I mean, again, as we go on, we'll try to get hopefully more and more names on this list. But, no, I think that that's a very good group of uh, kids to – be talking about uh, week one. Yeah, so congratulations to all those guys, and uh, congratulations to uh, everybody who had success in week one of the football season. So let's move on and uh, look a little bit at uh, week two. Yeah, and we get to start a little early on Thursday night. We get to see the Mariners. I'll get to see them again in person. I'll be down in Clintondale. Uh, Mariners are taking on the Clintondale Dragons, who also had a kind of an upset win last week. They beat Madison Heights Madison for which I believe was the first time in school history that they've done that. And kind of impressively, 22-6. to six, I mean, they won this game by a couple of touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah, Clintondale, a team that's, you know, you're never really sure how good they're going to be. They're always up and down. But, I mean, that's a big win for them. I mean, we're going to find out a lot more this week. Clintondale plays Marine City. Madison Heights plays 
Marysville. I think we're going to really see how the Max Silver is going to be shaped this coming year. I mean, Clintondale, they were a playoff team a year ago, only at 5-4, and four, but uh, they went 4-1 and one in the bronze, only lost. They did lose to Clawson, but... I mean, a, a program that you look, you just look at their history. They they go from three and six, seven and three, four and five, up and down, up and down. They had a pair of nine and one seasons uh, not too long ago. So it's uh, yeah, it's, it's it's they're a very hard team to gauge. Yeah. But that's a very nice win for Clintondale to kick off their season. And uh, don't don't count Madison out just yet either. They're a young team. And they got off to a slow start last year too, and came on. And I know they've got a lot of those kids from last year's team that finished strong, still around. So uh, it's going to be a very interesting game at Viking Stadium on uh, Friday night. And after you do the Marine City-Clintondale game on Thursday, Friday is where you'll be at Walt Braun Viking Stadium for that Madison-Marysville game. Um, and that's a game that was ended up being a really exciting game last year and a huge win for the Vikings. Yeah, Marysville, I mean, they got off to a nice win over Hazel Park 39-26 last week. I mean, last year, the 14-13 victory over Madison, I believe it was like 13 nothing with three minutes to go or something like that. Uh, Marys was able to score, get the onside kick, and then score again. So the Vikings looking to really get started. And if they win this game, it, it, it kind of sets up something we'd love to see, a Max Silver title game on October 16th when Marine City comes up to Marysville. Wouldn't that be fun, have two 4-0 teams that would be what uh, I would be hoping for. Yeah, yeah that, that would be good for business, too. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, think I, so. I think both teams can do it. I mean, uh, Marysville, I think when they play Fitzgerald, that's going to be the week before Marine City. Fitzgerald was an athletic team. You could tell they had a shortened camp. I want to say they only ran about seven, eight different offensive plays. I think they had two, maybe three different run plays. So they had a very simplified offense, but they had the athletes to make it work. Uh, Marine City, they're just going to keep getting better. I'm assuming Marysville is just going to keep getting better. So, no, I think that Max Silver is going to be a lot of fun this year, especially with our two local teams. You know, I, I'm just kind of glancing real quick down the, the, the schedule of games. It's going to be some tough picks yeah. this week. Um, Paul Costanzo will join us on Thursday's podcast to uh, to help us out there. But uh, a lot. Uh, week one is usually a tough week to pick. Week one and, and, and the last week of the season – uh, in a regular year mm. where you're playing teams from anywhere because your yeah. league is over. Always tough games to, to pick. But week two of this season, uh, there are some real doozies on here. Here's another one. I have no idea. I'll be at Memorial Stadium on uh, Friday night. Port here on Northern will play their season opener, and they'll play uh, Sterling Heights. Uh, now, the Husky team from a year ago, I would have said, is that this is a, a win for them. But this is a new Husky team that we don't know a whole lot about yet uh, and a Sterling Heights team that is coming off a, a playoff season and that had been down for a while but played a lot better last year. Like They, they had one of their best seasons in a while last year. Well, Sterling Heights um, playing, played Lons Cruz last week, lost 31-16. I mean, we'll talk about more of the PH game later on, but Lons Cruz is an interesting school, so it's hard to judge – Sterling Heights, you're right. They did come off a uh, playoff uh, season from a year ago. They lost to Seahome in that first round, who ended up beating Port here on high in what the regional final. Yeah, yeah. So and Seahome was was loaded there. Yeah, that's a good football team. Yeah. So Sterling Heights again, they're another team kind of like Clintondale. You'll you'll have years where they are very very solid. 
you know, they're going to be one of the better teams in conference. And then you have years where they're just down, not very good. So who knows what's, what the Sterling Heights team is going to be like. Again, you're right. There are going to be some tough pick-ems because um, this is another one. You don't really know what each team's going to be like. Northern's young, but I think they have a very good coaching staff, and I think that they maybe will benefit from the time off. Who knows? Who knows how their kids are reacting? I mean, again, not to talk about the interview with Coach Mullins uh, all the time, but the mental toll, he talks about that, that it plays on kids because that thought's always in the back of your head. So, yeah, I I think you're going to have a very interesting game on Friday night. All right, uh, St. Clair gets to come home. Uh, They'll play Gross Point uh, North. Um, I, I definitely don't think that this is going to be a blowout game. Gross Point North has been struggling too, and they're coming off uh, a loss. So I look for the Saints to be a lot more competitive at home uh, this week. They could use a, a better performance than what they had in the opener, again, I think against a good East Point team. Well, yeah, East Point has, I mean, that four-star receiver they have is unbelievable. I believe they have another kid that has an offer, uh, has D1 offers. Um, but Gross Point North, yeah. The the theme of them is usually, like, their defense is solid. Their offense will struggle, but they can usually have somewhat decent play defensively. I mean, not in recent years. They've been really down the last two years. They're 1-17. in 17. Uh, Well, if you count their loss to Roseville, they're now 1-18 in, in their last 19 games. St. Clair, a young team looking to try to figure it out. Maybe, maybe they can. Maybe they need a little home cooking. Stay stay at East China Stadium. Maybe they can right the ship. Because, again, I think East Point's going to be a lot better than people traditionally think they are. And I think that's a team that might be making a playoff run. Yeah. Uh, the BWAC's interesting this uh, week. Um, there's two what I would call really big games. But there's also two important games here. Imlay City and Algonac both opened with a loss. Uh, those are two teams maybe looking for an identity. So this, this is a big win for whoever can get it between these two it's going to be a big confidence booster um it really is and you're going to kind of see how the the BWAC's going to shake out especially as we go through the rest of these games I mean I'd say three of them there's not really a clear decisive favorite and this is one of them MLA City Algonac two teams that are kind of trying to take that next step as a program Algonac did for a few years have fallen back down a little bit I mean they they got shut out by Almont uh week one but Again, who Al- doesn't? Yeah, Almont's <laughs> Almont's just been steamrolling the BWAC the last couple years. So if MLA City, uh, they have to go down to the swamp basically in Algonac. That's going to be a very interesting one again. MLA City, I was a little disappointed with their performance against Crosslex. Who knows? Again, from what I've been hearing up there, the Pioneers are very excited about this year. Maybe the Pioneers surprise us, but that's going to be a tough one in the pick'em. Yeah, uh, Armada will get uh, Yale at uh, home, and uh, Armada coming off just a huge win at uh, Richmond. It was the big upset last week, or the game that we, we weren't expecting. Yale got blown out by North Branch, so no pressure, Armada, but uh, this is, again, a, a game that you're going to be the favorite in, so you need to take care of business. Right, and that's what a good top team will do. They take care of business, especially – after a big win, you don't want to have that hangover, don't want this to be a trap game. So if, if Armada wants to be legit, and hey, maybe next week we're talking about, is Armada the BWAC sleeper? Are they coming for that title? They have to knock off Yale. They're going to be at home, their home opener for the year. 
yeah, I'd like to see the Tigers take care of business against Yale because they the Bulldogs look to be down again this year. Yeah, and, and Croslex coming off a uh, big win over Emily City. Richmond coming off the disappointing loss in the last seconds to uh, Armada. How different do we look at this game if the kick doesn't go through right. and Richmond gets the win? You go like, oh, well, you know. Uh, maybe they were just off a little bit in, right. in week one and they had to eke out the win, but they got through it. But but now this game kind of has a different feel to it. And again, Croslex looking to make statements. Uh, and to me, this is a must win for Richmond. I, I think you're right. Out of all the games we have this week, I think this is the biggest statement litmus test game. Richmond, you know, and this is going to say a lot about Armada and MLA City too. If Croslex shows up and they put the herd on Richmond and everyone's going, Oh, that the 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 Pioneers actually they got it they got a squad this year or Richmond bounces back and like we said, they're the model of consistency. I can't I don't remember the last time the Blue Devils started 0 and two in a year. So this is and it's and that's that's a rivalry game. I mean basically every game in the BWAC is but, but this is a big rivalry yes. game. Cross Lex Richmond's gonna be a big one and that's a game that, you know, if we if I, there was more of me, I wish I could be at that one. Yeah, North Branch, uh, Elmont, again, uh, Elmont uh, with a 33 nothing solid win. North Branch with a 56 nothing solid uh, win. This is a rivalry, too, between these two schools. They do not like each other. Um, Elmont has, uh, in the two years that North Branch has been in the league, North Branch has won a lot of games, but they haven't won the Elmont game, and they haven't come close to winning the Elmont game yet. So this is uh, going to be an, an interesting one there. Yeah, North Branch wins this game. I think that puts them as the clear favorite. I think going into the season, these were the two teams we thought would be contending for the title. Richmond we thought would be up there, excuse me, be up there too. But North Branch going going down to Elmont, Again, another very interesting slate for the BWAC. And, I mean, we've gone through, what, six, seven games, and there's three or four basically pick-ems. There's not, like, I don't think there's a favorite. In, I mean, Almont's a slight favorite, I would say. But North Branch is a good team. The Croslex-Richmond game, coin flip. MLA City-Algonac, I think a coin flip. Sterling Heights-Northern, coin flip. And then I don't think you have a clear winner in Madison, Marysville, or Marine City-Clintondale just yet. I never vote against Marine City, though. No, so. no. <laughs> I'm going to go there on that one. Let's look uh, at the uh, GTC uh, East. Uh, it's a non-league game for uh, Brown City as they take on uh, Unionville uh, Seabowing. Brown City coming off uh, a loss to uh, Marlette, who, by the way, they travel to uh, Alcona. I'd have to look on a map. I'm not even sure I know where Alcona is. <laughs> Good thing I have a computer right in front of me. I can let you know. Oh, that, that seems like a far ways away. <laughs> you think? Oh wow, that's um, yeah, that's north of Taos. Yeah, I, I north knew they of were to the north, but I wasn't sure how wow. far to the north. So. so yeah, that's gonna be a few hour drive for them. Yeah, so uh, they've they've got the travel, uh, and they'll try to follow up a, a week one uh, win. Wow, that's gonna be um, a long way. Uh, Ubley's gonna be upset uh, after uh, a two point loss at Harbor Beach to open the uh, the season. Uh, Memphis coming off a, a big loss to, uh, was it uh, Menominee? Yeah. Um, yeah, and that game's up in uh, Ubley. So good luck, Yellow Jackets, because I think the Bearcats are going to take out a little frustration maybe. Yeah, that's going to be an ugly one. It's going to get ugly and ugly. So. Sandusky goes to Harbor Beach. And now We're this is the new 
This one's for the yes. championship game, oh, just yes. like last week was. Yeah, Sandusky had a very impressive win over Bad Axe in week one. Um, but now Harbor Beach, you know, second straight game at home. By the way, nice nice way to start it off. Two home games against your two biggest contenders to start the year. Yeah, and you, you have your destiny in front of you, though, because right. if you win those two games, as long as you don't stub your toe and get upset by somebody. You basically have to lose twice. Yeah. Because um, I, I don't think anyone else in that GTC East is going to go undefeated. So Harbor Beach wins this. They're basically waltzing into another GTC East title. But I don't think Sandusky's going to go down lightly. No, and you, you run into that possibility that like, if Sandusky wins this game and then later mm. on Ubley can beat Sandusky, now you're looking at a three-way tie. <laughs> yeah, in a league that has, what, six teams? Uh, I, I think, well, normally they have seven, but K-Pack dropped out. Right, so. so in a year where you have six teams, you could have a three-way yeah. tie. And we don't really know about Marlette uh, yet because, uh, you know, they beat Brown City last week, mm-hmm. and I thought that was a pretty even two teams that were pretty evenly and matched. kind of took that care of them. kind of in the middle of the pack. But, you know, Marlette might go to uh, Alcona and change our minds about uh, what type of a team they have this year. Yeah. No, that's uh, that's another team that you just you don't want to count out, but they just traditionally have not been a team that is at the top of the GTC East. But who knows? They get Harbor Beach at the end of the the schedule. They don't even have Ubley on their schedule. At least oh, that that game money got missed because they did. Yeah, the, with the six games, you couldn't play everybody this year. Right. So yeah, they're not playing Ubley. So if they can knock off Harbor Beach second to last week of the year, who knows? So GTC East is getting interesting, and then. The one game, uh, Cardinal Mooney uh, is hosting Waterford, Our Lady of the Lakes. Both teams got blown out in week one. Yeah, I think they got outscored combined 106 to nothing. Yeah, so someone's looking to get on the board. Yeah, so, something's going to give, and, and this will probably actually be a, a, a decent football game. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely see what's going on down at Mooney. So, Dennis. And then Saturday, I oh just yeah, want to throw in that we've added another game to the schedule. Uh, and that's the Port here in High Lance Cruz game at Lance Cruz. Had to jump through some hoops to get in, but uh, we're getting in, uh, and I'll be down there uh, Saturday afternoon to bring you that game and uh, this one, uh, Brady. And, again, we don't know what Northern's bringing to the table, uh, and we don't know what Sterling Heights is bringing to the table. They may have a say in this. Definitely, I don't think Frazier's going to have a say in this after I watched the Big Reds dismantle them last week. But uh, – this, this is a big game for the team that wins it in terms of league title. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's a big – if the Big Reds start 2-0 and and they beat Lance Cruz, who's already knocked off Sterling Heights, uh, that's – the Big Reds are on their way maybe. Yeah, and I don't know. That's a Big Red machine that I don't know if anyone's going to be able to stop. Um, we had high hopes for them uh, coming into the year. And week one, they did not disappoint. And that's a nice segue into it. Before we started this year, you had them as our number three team in the area. Well, through one week, uh, we have your week two top ten now. I'm not going to do a top ten until week three because I really don't think you have enough information until that point to do it. Dennis just likes to fly by the seat of his I, pants I do and it throw just, caution to I the do wind. it just to be consistent. Uh, I'm going to, to throw this out there. I think the Big Reds are the best team in the area, but they're not going to move up from number three in this week's poll. All right, well, let's start at number Because two. I don't punish teams that win. Okay? All right. So that, that's kind of how that works. It's going to be very interesting next week when we have – 
two different top tens to see how we rank yeah. the teams. Yeah. And, well, I'm and, sure they'll be different, maybe a lot different. Yeah. So let's go to number 10. Dennis, who's your 10th best team in the Blue Water? Area? All right. Uh, number 10 last week was Imlay City. Uh, they're out after getting uh, blown out by Croslex. And the new number 10 team is the North Branch Broncos, who had a 56 nothing win over uh, Yale. Uh, at uh, number 9 last week, it was Sandusky. They moved up after a win, and Armada gets in at number 9. They were not on the list, but they upset Richmond 24-23. Tough to keep the Tigers out of the top 10 this week. Yeah, big sure. win for them. Sandusky's number eight after their 36-6 win over Bad Axe, so they moved up a notch. Harbor Beach jumps into the pole at number seven after knocking off Ubley 16-14. That's a big win against a uh, tough uh, team. And uh, we had some other teams get knocked out of the polls, like St. Clair, like Richmond, after losing uh, their games in week one. So Harbor Beach is in. Northern is at number six this week. They'll play their opener uh, at Memorial Stadium just don't on really know Friday enough night. About them. Yeah, we just just don't know, so I'm going to put them there in the middle of the pack until we find out about them. Croslex uh, is uh, at number five, up from number eight after an impressive win over Imlay City. Uh, you got Marysville at number four. They went on the road to Hazel Park and uh, got a big win, and the final score doesn't indicate uh, how well the Vikings played in, in this game. They they won lopsided, and Hazel Park got some some garbage time points mm-hmm. uh, in that one to make it cosmetically look a little better. Uh, PH will stay at number three, even though I do think they're the best, but I didn't want to punish Marine City and Elmont, who won their games and who I had at uh, number two and number one, respectively. So uh, your, your top three, throw a blanket over them. Elmont's now won, I think it's 18 straight BWAC games. Mm-hmm. They had a 33 nothing shutout. Um, so I'm not going to say – you know, just because I like PH, uh, I'm not going to say I gave them number one last week. They can stay at number one for another week. But if the Big Reds dismantle Lance Cruz North, everybody get out of the way no matter what you do in just your games. Just Lance Cruz. Or Lance Cruz. Everybody get out of the way because the Big Reds are going to be my number one team going into uh, week uh, three. And, of course, Marine City was real impressive with Fitzgerald. Uh, it's, it's hard to bump them down the list uh, as well. I don't think it's a bad list. I wouldn't have the same one as you but again I don't I I've said it in all sports like I hate in college football when they come out with the preseason top 25 because then you always have a team that's in the top 10 that ends up going like six and five or six and six and you don't have enough information so in a normal year I'd probably wait till week four shortened year give me two weeks I think I can put together a pretty pretty uh, good top 10 list that I feel confident about that I feel like I've put thought into and especially in high school, because, I mean, Dennis, you know that first one you're just kind of guessing. Yeah, well. You're going off of, of tradition, basically. I of just who do you it to, coming to be consistent through, through the year. And because it's fun, because you know that somebody doesn't like where they are on the list, so they're going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Somebody doesn't like that they're not on the list, so they're going to talk about it somebody's too low on the list or too high on the list. So other people are upset about that because they Mm -hmm. think their team. So it's just, that's why it's fun. It creates conversation. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Speaking of conversation, when we come back from this break, big red head coach, Ryan Mullins sat down with us, had a great conversation with him. You can hear it right here on get stuck on sports.com on the tri-county equipment, get stuck on sports podcast. 
The Frells family calls their land greener pasture, and they maintain it with ease on their John Deere 1 Series tractor. The Frells family runs with us because this is more than just land. It's home. Nothing runs like a deer. Get a 1 Series tractor for just $99 per month at your John Deere dealer today. For additional cost information, please call toll-free 855-633-2315. Stop in today to one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carrow, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 250-7520. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. Back we are, Dennis Stuckey along with Brady Beaton on the Tri-County Get Stuck on Sports podcast, and a special guest joins us in this segment now as the head coach of the Port Huron High Big Reds football squad is uh, here Coaches are never completely happy, but I'm going to congratulate you on a week one win over Frazier, and I guess we'll start there. I thought it was for a week one with the type of preparation that everybody had, your team was definitely far more prepared for this game than Frazier was. Well, yes, obviously we felt that way too. Uh, a great start in the first quarter, um, scoring on you know our first three possessions, played very well special teams wise so like you said Dennis you know with the circumstances with you know coming back and you know really having about nine practices to get ready for that game um you were we're very happy you know we're very happy obviously I'm really happy with the job our assistant coaches did with preparing our players and uh you know one thing that I was really happy about was once we got back into school and we started on that Tuesday is the just the retention of of our schemes that our players showed after after being off for three weeks. And obviously we have a lot of seniors who understand our scheme well, but we were able to apply that scheme and played a pretty clean game for being in the circumstances we were. So we were very happy with, with the result and how we played. Well, you mentioned how many seniors you have. How much easier does that make it a job for you and the rest of your coaches where teams that maybe had a lot of turnover like Port here on Northern St. Clair, they graduated a lot from last year, so you have a lot of knowledge coming into camp and restarting. How much easier does it just make your job knowing that they already know it? most well, of the, what they need to know yeah that's huge and you know having uh dv price at quarterback mm-hmm. you know he was our starting quarterback for the majority of the season last year um, he's a very smart kid understands his job and understands our offense very well and then you know we really have i think it's eight eight seniors who've been there since their sophomore year mm-hmm. i mean that's invaluable to us right now especially in the in this weird year that we're, we're in so that is a huge huge part of it uh to why we i think we played well uh just having that experience but uh you know early on in the season you always got to rely on those se- those seniors to get you off to a fast start and our seniors did a great job on Friday night of leading us. I think uh, after the game, I think you were talking with Joseph Hayes, and you mentioned uh, when he asked you about Price, and you said he's got a point guard mentality. Mm-hmm. What did you mean by that? 
Well, just the, it's that's the truth is, you know, if you watch him play basketball, he's, you know, he's the point guard. He's the guy with the ball in his hand 90% of the time on the court for the Big Reds. And, uh, you know, he's he's had the ball in his hand as a basketball player since he was a young kid. So he's used to handling the ball, distributing the ball, making those quick decisions. So that I think those skills translate from the basketball court to the football field. And I think he's really comfortable of making those quick decisions. So I think that is, uh, you know, what we're, you know, discussing there. And, you know, DV's a competitor. He he wants to be successful. He wants to do well. He wants to win. And I like that in him. And that's why, you know, we can trust him at our quarterback. And, um, you know, he got off to a good start, made some good decisions. But, you know, he knows even after watching film, you know, we just got done watching film today, and he knows, like, hey, I left a few plays out there. And if we don't leave those plays out there, like, again, we might score three. We we left two or three touchdowns out on the board or opportunities to score, and uh, he wants to get better every week. Well, despite the fact you left two or three out there, you still scored eight touchdowns from seven different players, two of those coming from a freshman. I mean, you have a lot of weapons out there. Lance Cruz is probably looking at that box score trying to figure out who they need to shut down. Yeah, that's what we want. You know, that's the whole idea. We want to spread the ball around. We never want to have, you know, one guy, you know, have to handle too much of the load. And, you know, we're blessed with a lot of great skill kids. We need to use them. We need to get them all involved, whether it's in the run game, the passing game. You know, Niger Finney is, I think he's one of the best players in the state. Um, he's got track speed, which is, you know, uh, you can't coach that. And whether we hand it off to him or we're throwing it to him, we've got to find ways to continually get the ball to him because he can really put so much pressure on the defense. You know, Shaka Brown, you know, had a great punt return but really didn't have a touch on the offensive side. He, too, is a great receiver for us. He's got a lot of natural athletic skills or, you know, wide receiver skills. He plays a great role for us defensively. But there's still guys that, you know, didn't get, you know, multiple touches that are capable of doing a lot for our offense. So it's our job as coaches is to spread the ball around and, you know, work our matchups and make it tough on a defense. And we've got to do that from week to week. Yeah, you're because of the way the game went and because of how well you guys ran the football, you really didn't have to throw it all that much. I wanted to talk about your defense, too, because I don't want them sure. to get overlooked. Your starters were sensational in the first half. Um, I keep stats up in the booth. I think I had uh, Frazier for 24 yards in the first half. They had, like, one big pass play where they got 16 yards, and th- they went positive yards on the last play of the half. They ran a draw play, and the kid got, like, nine yards right. to give them four yards rushing in the first half. But your guys were pushing them around. You control both lines, really. Yeah, and, you know, uh, yeah, we don't want to overlook our defense. And we always, you know, I'm a defensive-minded per- person, and I'm always looking at, you know, um, you know, looking out for our defense. And we want our team to be based around our defense because if you can play great defense every week, you're going to give yourself a, ch- a chance. And that's really always been our philosophy. But, yeah, you know, Again, I think there was eight eight seniors starting on defense, and which you know that's intentional. We want those kids out there. We want to establish you know a physical mentality. Um, we had a couple new kids starting inside in the defensive line who really played well, and uh, and Michael Allen and Aaron Smith and did a great job for us. So the game is always going to be one up front. You know whether you're talking offensively or defensively. So you know playing great run defense initially I think we did that um you know again I thought Frazier had some decent skill guys and I thought we handled them well but you know to have a shutout in the first half again 
very, very happy with how we played uh, defensively. And I thought, you know, really I thought that we were physical. And I thought we tackled pretty well for being that first game because I thought that was one of our biggest challenges throughout this, you know, week and a half is just we couldn't, we couldn't hit crazy every day. You know, you want to get out there and get prepared, but you got to really be smart about that because the, their bodies just weren't ready for it. Three right. weeks off, you're not ready to just come in there and have collision after collision. So we had to really be be mindful of how much collision time we were having in practice. So, you know, we, we do a lot of tackling where we're tackling dummies and, you know, things like that. So for in the circumstances that we we're in, I was happy with our tackling by on the defensive side. Lance Cruz coming up for you this week, a team that actually made the playoffs for the first time in about 16 years last year. Obviously an improved program. What do you know? How do you go from you know an impressive win week one? You've done this a long time. How do you keep them happy but don't let them get overconfident going into week two? Well, obviously we talked about those things um, after the game Friday night. We talk about it today uh, in practice, watching film, is that, yes, we played good. Great start, you know, very happy with how we played, but we're always striving for perfection. We're always looking. We have to stay humble, stay hungry. Um, you know, we talked about today Michael Jordan in the last dance, you know, and the, and the mentality that he had. He was a phenomenal athlete, but just his, his mentality to improve and to make his teammates better, that's what we're looking for from our seniors. And, uh, you know, as a, as a coach, I love that challenge from week to week. You know, whether you play a great game or you, you don't play a great game, it's just finding ways to improve, little things, and finding, you know, or, or you got a kid who's, a, who's in a backup role and pushing him to be a starter to improve your depth. Those are things that we're talking about as a coaching staff week by week. How do we make ourselves better? Just looking at our team, not even looking at our opponent. How do we get better? Um, as we as we move through the season, and then always you know striving for that that last that last game it was our best, and we were we kept moving forward, and we're going to do that. And Lance Cruz is a good team, like you said, they made the playoffs last year. You know, a new coaching staff, so there's a there's a there's a new mindset there, and you can see it in their kids. They're playing with confidence, and uh, you know it's our first opportunity to have a road game. So those are challenges. We're playing on Saturday. Again, kind of a unique. We don't play a lot of Saturday games. So all those things were things that we talk about all throughout the week, all the challenges in front of us. And uh, they're just things that to, that we speak of every day, all those challenges we're going to face and just letting them know that this is a quality team who played in the playoffs last year. Um, you know, we have to make sure that we are just continually staying focused and on improving. All right, Big Reds coach uh, Ryan Mullins is uh, with us. Coach, you know, week one, uh, no scrimmages, things like that. So, really, you can kind of only focus on what your team is going to do. You don't really know about your opponent. Mm-hmm. Coming into week two now, is there stuff out there? Can you see how Lakeview played against Sterling Heights and kind of plan a little bit more for them? Yeah, obviously having that first game uh, – you know, gives us some gives them somewhat of a scouting report. I mean, one game is it says a lot. I think you know everyone is in the same situation as far as without the scrimmages, with the limited amount of time. So, you know, again, it's up to our coaches to you know have a good scouting um, a scouting plan for our players and to get that developed. And you know, we had a great film session today. Um, you know, I think our assistant coaches do a great job of scouting from week to week. You know. Now it's it's Saturday morning after a game. You have that film. You have the weekend, you know, and then you have all week to continually uh, build your plan for the week. And, uh, 
You know, it's uh, we we're, our players have an opportunity to start watching that film Saturday morning, and you know, we that's an expectation that we had that they're spending thirty to sixty minutes a day watching film, and and you know, there shouldn't be those huge surprises on Friday night. So it's a big part of our success, and you know. Um, you know, Brady knows from playing college football, you know, you have to put your time in watching film and preparing yourself mentally. That's a huge part of our expectations for our players. Can't believe you didn't catch that. What? <laughs> I said Lakeview oh, instead I of Lance caught Cruz. It. I just was going to, I was being polite. No, to jump on that. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. It's but, one of the few times that you can. Well, anyway. <laughs> I heard it too. Yeah. Oh, I know. See, he's a pro. He knows what you were talking about. But, no, get out there Friday. How good did it feel just to be out there coaching football, not worrying about everything from this crazy year, just, like, being in your comfort zone? I know Dennis and I being in the booth, it just felt nice. For a couple hours, nothing else mattered. How'd that feel for you? It really, you know, I can't say how good it felt. You know, know, most of my – every year, my feeling is that you know, this is about my, our senior class, mm-hmm. and every year I want to just give those seniors their their best experience as far as football, but their entire school year. And you know, I think that a big part of them enjoying their senior year is is just having having that football season right. that, where they get to make those memories. So, you know, I'm thinking about our seniors, and I thought that uh, you know, I just feeling for those kids to give them that opportunity that they had to be out there. I felt good for them. It just felt good that they had that opportunity to play um, because, you know, those kids are hurting, you know, to, to tell those seniors like, Hey, we can't practice, you know, that hurt. That's tough. Obviously having Jace, my son out there, you know, that's a struggle. You know, that was, that's, that was a tough few weeks for our family. And, and so for Jace and his friends and all those seniors, I just felt really good for them. And, um, you know, we just we, – we've got a job to do to stay safe so we can continue to feel that – have that feeling on Friday night or Saturday afternoon uh, because that was nice. I mean, it was a di- different atmosphere, but it was football. Yeah. And, you know, college kids are doing it. The pros are doing it. We can adapt and make the most out of that whatever, you know, whether there's – 100 people in the crowd or there's nobody in the crowd, we have to find a way to right. to deal with it and, and make the most of it. And, you know, we got a second opportunity. You don't get opportunities like this in life where they say, no, you're not playing. Wait a minute, you're playing. Let's make the most of it. It's a shortened season. We can't waste a week. We've got to live it and, and, and enjoy it every week. Uh, I do remember being a teenager or a young adult. You feel invincible. How committed are the kids or how much have you had to stress on the kids about the COVID thing and about being smart uh, and making sure you're doing things the right way so that nobody gets sick and it doesn't affect you playing football? Well, it's a daily conversation, honestly, Um, you know, because we have our mask on at practice. Um, You know, the, the nice thing I'll say this is in the school, our schools have done a great job. You know, with our hybrid schedule, we have, you know, we only have about 400 kids in the building on a day. I mean, I'm in the classroom every day. I feel safe. I think our students and our staff feel safe. Um, it's, it, but it's still something, a conversation on the practice field with our mask. I mean, that was obviously a, a big challenge for us. At this point, kids are doing a better job of adapting to that. We still have to remind them. We just have to take a kind of a global, like, responsibility for that. I mean, we've talked about even outside of school and outside of practice. You know, the kids got to live their lives. Um, but they have to do what, you know, 
keep their families and keep each other safe. But I mean, one thing we've said is you got to be mindful of large gatherings because I think a lot of issues that high schools have 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 happened where there's been large gatherings, social gatherings, not in school, not in sports, but mm-hmm. just social gatherings. So it's something that we've talked about. And again, I, I don't I can't tell these kids that they can't do thir- certain things, but they've got to be smart because we want to continue to play football. Um, but it'll be it'll be a challenge for us the rest of the year, and um, I think our kids have adapted to it. But as a coaching staff, we have to make sure. And we even we had extra uh, coaches on our sideline who were just there to just handle the sideline and go keep your space, keep your mask up, and those things. And um, I think we did an okay job. I think we can do better. And it'll be a daily challenge for us. Right. I mean, you mentioned earlier, just not necessarily physically, because obviously stopping and starting, getting back into football shape is hard, but mentally being able to, because you know a lot of those kids in the back of their mind, sure. they saw Northern get their first game canceled. Mm-hmm. That that thought's there that, well, what if? Mm-hmm. What if someone comes down with it? How do you keep them both physically and mentally prepared? Because now you're not just being football coach, you're being dad, you're being psychiatrist, you're yep. being everything for these kids. And like you said, a very talented senior class. Start eight of them came up as sophomores. This is kind of their coup de gras, yeah. And you don't want that taken away from them. Well, that started back when we first started practice. That mm-hmm. first week, you know, it was like day one. You know, we're out there, but I'm not sure if we're playing. You know, that was kind of just, you know, and that's just human nature. That was, you know, I felt that from coaches. I felt that from players. So we just said after day one is like, hey. If we're out here, let's make the most of it. Mm-hmm. If they're going to – we're going to practice. If they're saying, hey, you guys can practice, then let's do it. Let's practice it. Let's attack it. Until they tell us we can't, we're just going to focus on what we can do day by day. And I think we've had to continue continue with that type of mindset. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, let's handle ourselves the safety measures that we're given that we have to follow. Let's do that. But we're on the practice field. Let's not think about the what if or worry about what's going on in different schools because the kids see – you know, other schools are being shut down or teams that can't play, but let's take care of ourselves and let's make sure we're being safe. Um, I don't know, Dennis, if you saw, you know, we had uh, uh, what they're calling a spit guard that we put on our face mask, which is just a thin plastic shield, which again, they, you know, um, it was a week ago, the MHSAA says, or the governor says, Hey, if you have a spit guard on, you can take your mask off while you're on the field. So we said, well, let's invest into this. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, so, you know, we tried that out. It wasn't perfect. You know, they were getting a little foggy at times because of the change of the cool temperature at night. But you know what? If it's it's something that is going to keep us safe and it's going to allow us to keep playing, let's do it. So we're working with, you know, it's constant contact with Mr. Palmer, our principal, Ms. C, our our athletic director, with our administration outside of our school. What can we do? If they have suggestions, what can we do to stay safe? Let's do it. I'm looking for outside people to help us and guide us with this because we want to keep playing. So it's a daily challenge, but, you know, um, again, when we're out on the practice field, I think kids kind of – they they they've been a, they've been doing a good job of saying hey let's focus on football mm-hmm. and uh, obviously with what happened at Northern was it was a tough situation for them but it does affect kids it affects mm-hmm. adults and uh, um, but we try to stay focused on ourselves and what we can do each and every day on the practice field and just keeping ourselves safe and when the season did get reinstated where were you how did you find out what like what was your reaction 
Oh, uh, wow. Like a Thursday afternoon, I believe. Yeah, it was Thursday afternoon. You know, I was at home. Um, obviously, the day before, the governor had a press conference. Yeah. And, you know, we knew the press conference was coming. We were kind of expecting some news that day. Mm-hmm. So it was a letdown when really she gave us nothing that day. But, you know, obviously the politics and how she works sometimes, she has a press conference, doesn't come out. But the following day, she just makes makes a press release. I mean, obviously that's just part of, you know, her, her situation, whatever. So actually Coach Gilbert, um, so I wasn't really following. You know, I wasn't right. like up to date on my phone because that just gets old sometimes. So uh, – Coach Gilbert, Joe Gilbert, who's also our uh, assistant principal, sends me the link with, hey, we're back on. So I was at home. You know, you kind of get it, and you go, is this real? Is this, you know, is this right? Mm -hmm. And then that was what we got, and obviously that was a huge scenario. So, you know, instantly it's like, okay, let's get a hold of our coaches. Let's let's meet and let's let's start preparing because, you know, we're going to practice in four days. So, obviously, that was exciting. That was good news. We were, you know, happy to hear that. And uh, But just crazy situation, though, you know. Yeah. On and off. All right. Did we miss anything? Anything that uh, you want to bring up that we didn't ask you? No, I, you know, I'm just glad to be here. You know, really uh, am excited for you guys. I'm glad to see you at our game, Dennis. I mean, you guys have been supportive to our program. It's great to see you guys. Um, obviously, in the situation that we're in, parents, I know uh, just speaking for our parents and our community, obviously a ton of people tuned into the game. They heard you, Dennis. They're really, you know, people that watched it and listen to it. We're really happy to have that option. Uh, so we're very thankful that you guys are doing that. It's, I mean, it's, it couldn't have been better timing that we have this option right. that you guys are, are providing for our community. So I thank you guys. And, uh, hopefully, you know, we just continue on and we'll see you guys at, at, at our home games throughout the year. And, uh, Hopefully we can just have a safe year. Well, uh, and well, and the scary thought is, like the Big Reds, we're only going to get better. Imagine <laughs> that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I do know we will be at one, your road game at Lakeshore on the 10th. Okay, on a so, Saturday. Yep, Saturday awesome. afternoon. Awesome. Yeah, I, right. I may make a few phone calls if you're playing on a Saturday. We might go to yep. Lance Cruz, too. Hey, yeah, it Lance is Saturday. Too. And, you know, some of that, some of the Saturday games come about because of the shortage of referees. Yeah. So they started, they just, you know, asked every team, like, hey, Thursday – Friday, Saturday, if you have some flexibility. If you noticed, our crew was a five-man crew, which I think we're going to see the rest of the year just because of the shortage. So, you know, I got to do my best to lay off those guys and let them do their work. <laughs> and uh, uh, it's really a challenge for me, but, I, you know, I'll do my best. There weren't a ton of flags either. No, there was first game of the season under the circumstances? No. no, and I thought they did a great job and they handled it. And, you know, it was uh, – yeah, you know, I'm thankful that there's referees at the game, so I give those guys, uh, you know, their their kudos for, you know, being there and uh, being there for our kids. All right, that'll uh, do it uh, for Coach uh, Ryan Mullins. Again, thanks for coming by. Thank you, I appreciate and, uh, it. And Brady and I will be back to uh, put a wrap on uh, today's podcast in uh, just a moment here on GetStuckOnSports.com.
Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no-obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-8700. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. Hi, Chip Mortimer here. So much depends on your roof. Mortimer Lumber proudly features the Landmark Series shingle from CertainTeed Roofing. Landmark shingles come in many colors to surely enhance the look of your home. Landmark shingles offer a limited lifetime warranty, so you can be assured your roof will last for generations to come. Stop by Mortimer Lumber at 24th and Lapeer in Port Huron. Our expert staff will be glad to help answer all of your questions. Mortimer Lumber has locations in Port Huron, Emily City, Sandusky, and Bad if you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. Thanks to, uh, again to uh, Coach uh, Mullins uh, for uh, taking some time out uh, with us uh, this uh, week. Um, and uh, Thursday we'll be back with a, another uh, podcast, uh, Brady, and we've got more royalty coming. Oh, up. yes. The one, the only Paul Costanzo is joining us, really giving us a lot of credibility. Because I know it's just me and you, but we get we get old Paul on here. It's it's like the mayor's coming in. Well, he's so much fun, and he's so knowledgeable. Yes. Um, working over at SC4 these days, but a former Times Herald reporter. Still doing, and some he work, still does yeah. some some work, uh, and he he still is involved, and he's still out at uh, games. Um, and and like I say, he's he's just a wealth of knowledge and great personality. Oh yeah, he's gonna be a ton of fun. I think we get to steal him for the whole show. Not just the pick segment, so that'll be a lot of fun. Yes, we're gonna have a lot of Paul, so less Dennis and Brady, more Paul. That's a <laughs> that's a recipe for success. And also on Thursday, I will be down in Clintondale for the Marine City Clintondale game. That should be fun. Get to see the Mariners play again. And then yeah, you added the game on Saturday. Lons Cruz uh, is hosting Port here on high. That's a one o'clock kickoff on Saturday. And as always, our Friday night games. I have Madison Heights Madison at. Marysville, and you have the Sterling Heights Stallions playing Port Huron Northern in their opener. Yeah, so a quadruple header, if that's a thing, and we'll be covering Marine City, Northern, Marysville, and PH this yep. week. So uh, that's that's about as spread thin as we can get, but we're happy to do it. And guess what? We're doing it again next week, too. Yeah, it's a triple header next no, week, four, isn't it? No, we have, we oh, have it, four. It's four, I, that's right. Marysville plays third. Clinton. We'll just flip-flop. I'll yeah. do the Thursday game yep. at Marysville. And I have Saturday when Port Huron High goes down to Lakeshore. So, perfect. Yeah, there we go. We're going we're gonna to have ten games in the first three weeks of the season, folks. You know what? Where, where else are you going to get that? Oh, nowhere? Yeah, okay. exactly. Making the best out of a bad situation, I Get guess. stuck on sports.com where in the first three weeks of the high school football season, you will get ten games and nine podcasts. There you go. What more can you ask for? We even got Paul Costanzo. And Paul Costanzo. Wow. Exactly. I'll just, I'm just going to leave it at that. Uh, for uh, Brady, I'm Dennis Stuckey. Thanks again for all the support that we've been getting so far, uh, and we hope that uh, we can uh, keep you around through it all. From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.